Hello and welcome to a very good social media podcast where we hope to live up to that name every day. I'm your host, Zach Gellia. Let's get into it. So this guy I'm talking to today, I cannot say enough great things about this kid. Um, Him and I go way back to uh, my time with the Steelers. Um, You know, we overlapped there, overlapped with the Cardinals, um, still stay in contact to this day. Um, Someone that I consider more than a colleague or a friend. He's he's family at this point. So um, very excited to talk to uh, Quentin McCorvey, uh, social media specialist with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Call him Q. Um, But this kid, I, I I don't know even know where to start. Um, the creativity, the talent, the attitude, um, just everything that he brings to the table. He's the he's the total package. He's what you want in um, you know in a teammate, in an employee, um, you know someone who's representing your brand. Um, you know, always has his finger on the pulse, always understands what's going on, um, and really excited just to hear about about his journey. You know, he was. Um, you know, went to uh, Miami University um, in Ohio uh, and started his career. He was he was studying pre-med. Uh, I think he went through three years of that um, before he decided that that really wasn't the, the angle that he wanted to go and didn't really see his career going. So made the transition where he linked up with another good friend of mine, Kyle Crone, who uh, works for the Steelers and runs their social instead of their social. Um, but ran into him at, at Miami and um, was able to get an opportunity creating content, doing coaches video, things like that. And, and it, it just kind of, um, you know, merged into what it is today. And, um, you know, I was blessed enough to be able to hire him as my uh, social media intern with the Steelers right before I left to go to Arizona. Uh, so I had to make it right whenever I finally got a, a position I could hire with the Cardinals. I, you know, I went through the process knowing that that he was near the top of my list um, and everything that we talked about confirmed that. So, uh, like I said, I'm really excited to hear about his journey and um, everything that he's done up to this point and just his point of view on a lot of things and a lot of ways that this industry is growing. So, um, you know, without further ado, I want to welcome Q uh, to uh, to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Excited. It's going to be a good time, man. It's it, It's been, it hasn't been too long, but it's been too long at the same time. But it's been too long at the same time and I'm ready to yeah. get back into it with you. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. So for those listening at home, you know, Q and I, we've worked together basically every stop of the way. Um, you know, he was, uh, I hired him in Pittsburgh right before I left and took a job with the Cardinals. So we didn't quite get to do everything we were hoping to do. And then, uh, and then luckily enough, whenever uh, I was able to hire someone else at, at the Cardinals, I could bring my guy with me. So uh, he's still out in the Valley killing it. Um, but really wanted to just open up to you, man. Like, Tell me about your journey and and how you got to where you are right now. Yeah. So funny enough, my journey really kind of starts with you. Um, not starts with you, but <laughs> has a lot to do with you. Um, so yeah, I was I went to college at Miami of Ohio, Miami University, the real ones in Ohio. Um, but I uh, was a pre-med major there for two and a half, three years and realized this is not what I wanted to do. Uh, my goal was to work in sports surgeries. Um, but after three years, I was like, I don't have the passion for this. So I uh, wanted to stay in the sports field in a sense. So I navigated and found uh, my major of sports leadership and management. Uh, from there, I applied to a football position where it was doing coaches video with the Miami football team. 
Um, and a guy by the name of Kyle Crone hired me there. Um, shout and out. I was pretty much shout out to Kyle Crone. Um, he we'll get back to him later. Um, <laughs> so he gave me the job. I was doing coaches video, so pretty much pushing record button over a thousand times at practice and then giving coaches video so that, for them to break down for games and such. Um, from there, I kind of got really bored with it and knew I had a kind of a higher calling. So I remember the day I asked Kyle kind of to do a little bit more. Um, he used to make the highlight tapes that the football team would watch on Friday night before the Saturday games to get amped up. And I liked what he was doing. So I asked him kind of teach me a little bit and, eventually the responsibility came grew and grew and i ended up doing the videos myself uh, for the team um and that's really where it just continued to blossom from there uh, i started taking photos and videos on the field during games um with my buddy jordan harold um and we just continued to grow and then from there we, we got into social media um after graduating uh miami um I left Miami and then went, uh, applied for the p job with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it was an internship uh, of social media. I had very little social media background, um, but I had pretty much everything else uh, in my arsenal and said, what's the worst that could happen? I'll apply to the Steelers being from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, <laughs> the worst they could say is yes, and then I'll be, have to be a Steelers fan. And went through the interview process uh, with uh, Zach and – he was crazy and offered me the position and to say the rest is history, the rest is history, because um, like I said, I had very so little social media background, but after I was given the opportunity, I kind of told myself every day, prove why you should be here. And every day I proved that I should be here and got better at it each day. Uh, became a sponge in that department that I was with, um, learned from photo, video, graphics, social media, digital kind of took all of that and decided to be a Swiss army knife and everything that I did. So I had a photo background, I had a video background, I had a social media background, I had a graphics background. So anything that they needed, I was able to say, yes, I can do it. So from there, uh, I spent two and a half years with the Steelers. And then I, this guy comes calling back up <laughs> and saying he has a position most likely would I be interested? And without even hesitating, I said, yes, uh, get me out to Arizona. So um, shortly after that, uh, I got the call on June 1st of 2021 uh, that I had been offered the job with the Arizona Cardinals and I was there July 9th. A month later, I moved to Arizona, became the social media coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals and kind of finally got to learn from Zach after he left me after a month in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. Um, we got to work together. We had a very strong team. And we developed a lot. A lot of our ideas finally came to life that we thought were going to come to life in Pittsburgh and continue to grow and grow. And then on June 1st, the, the following year, that's why I know the date, yeah. Zach left me. <laughs> Zach left me and moved back to Pittsburgh. But um, my journey has been the same uh, since then. Still with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm now the social media specialist here um, and still running social. So. Like yeah. I said, it starts with Zach. It doesn't technically start with Zach, but Zach has to do a, a lot of it. So forever grateful for Zach and his leadership and mentorship to me. For sure, man. Well, I, and I honestly, I can't take credit. Uh, I probably would have been crazy not to hire you at that point. It's just, you know, there's there's always been something about you that's bigger than 
you know, skills or talent or anything like that, which you have a ton of, but it's, it's just, you know, the person you are. And, you know, I've always known you're going to be successful more and more and more and, you know, overtake me at some point here. And, um, you know, it's just about, you know, getting that opportunity. And I'm, I'm glad I could at least be a little bit of that, uh, that awesome <laughs> journey that you have. Definitely appreciate it. If you were at the start, you were definitely igniter. You definitely yeah. <laughs> ignited this, ignited a lot. So very grateful for you and kind of every step we've had along the way and whatever next, who knows? Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate it. Well, so I have to ask, and I, I'm pretty sure I've asked you this before, but going from pre-med to content or, you know, whatever the degree ends up being, what you got to walk me through that transition of like, not only the decision, but like, and going to class where it's like you're in, you know, bio, you know, um, yeah. with cadavers and stuff. And then you're doing, you know, video stuff like how I just, yeah. how does that work? It was just, yeah, it was weird. Uh, so in high school, I had three concussions, which explains a lot, honestly. Um, <laughs> and so kind of working in the sports science field was kind of something that really that gravitated me to it. Um, got into Miami as a pre-med major, pre-med kinesiology double major, actually. Um, spent those two and a half, three years in biochem, ochem, uh, just absolutely did not like it. <laughs> um, I liked it at the beginning, but then I kind of took a step back and tried to process, like, do I have a passion for this? And med school and is not the industry to get into if you don't have a passion for it. So once I finally had that conversation with myself and my family, I realized I need to take a step back and see what I really wanted to do. Um. Sports has been such a big thing in my life. It's the, been the way that I connected with my dad, uh, my brother, my mom. Like I played sports growing up. So sports was always something that I wanted to kind of see myself in the future. Um, I knew I wasn't good enough to go pro in it. So how do I get myself into sports in another way? Um, so I was looking at different majors that Miami offered that I could stay in sports. And it was a fairly new program, actually, the SLAM program in Miami. So it came around just in time. And luckily, my kinesiology major was in the same school as the SLAM program. So a lot of my classes that I took before I switched over were also classes that I needed to take before I had the SLAM major. So it was definitely very different from going to working with Adams and then going to breaking down how to shoot a video in a video camera or like edit video um so uh and doing coaches video so i when i switched over i had no idea that i wanted to work in social media because again didn't social when we started was really getting off the ground and twitter you started twitter at pittsburgh didn't you so it's fairly new at, from when we started so i didn't think there was really a career in social media at that time um this was before the influencers and tiktok age so Nobody really wanted to work in social at that point. So I thought I was going to go sports agent or kind of coach uh, in some capacity. I uh, wanted to work in sports, but didn't know what. And then after a year, I saw the position with the football team and said, this is the perfect segue to see what I want to do. If I want to work in football, if I want to do coaches, video, if I want to do content, whatever it was. So it was the perfect segue and I can't thank Kyle enough for that, for giving me that opportunity. Um, even though he didn't invite me to his wedding uh, that year, even though he invited the entire rest of the team, but okay. um, I, I'll, I'll give it to him because he's helping along the way. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to, I, I'm trying to get him on uh, 
on the pod at some point, but I know he's busy, not only with work, but he's got a little one at home and a little one on the way. So a little I, one I'll, away. I'll give him some grace for this. He'll be fine. You probably want to get him before the little one gets out. Because yeah, right. He's got a two-year-old and a newborn, terrible twos. Yeah, oh, so man. he definitely won't be getting any sleep. Yeah, he'll be on season 19 of this show, I think. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I, I didn't start Twitter. I Like, I was the first social media person, like, full-time. But there were other people that were kind of building and, like, you know, chipping in where they could. But the one, one claim to fame I have is I did create the well i created the snapchat account um i don't know if that's anything to be proud of at this point but <laughs> i created the uh the the first professional sports musically account which then became TikTok. tiktok so um so before any other sports team was even on the platform we had two hundred fifty thousand followers and then when everyone jumped on it was like how are the steelers so far ahead it's like well we had them already. <laughs> we did. We did this goofy. I, I remember uh, Scott Phelps at the time. He was uh, still as the VP of, I think, IT with the Steelers. But he was kind of a mentor of mine with the Steelers. And he brought it up that his kid was always on this musical platform. So look into it. So looked into it, found some contacts, reached out, talked with, you know, musically the company and uh, launched this like terrible towel twirl challenge. Like uh, it's, it was I'm sure it's horrible at this point in time. But that was like that's how it started. That was how, you know, we got onto TikTok at, at, at the time. And uh, it's crazy how it all kind of works yeah. out. I remember seeing that video because we we were together or I don't think you were there. You were not there when we uh, opened, when TikTok started Blossom because that was right before COVID. Um, but I remember logging into the account and seeing that terrible towel challenge video. I was like, yeah, this is... <laughs> But I mean, it, when we started, we really had a huge head start on every other team. And I think they still have that head start. Um, probably got caught up by the Chiefs and the Bills at that point, but had a sure. huge head start uh, when we started the TikTok platform because that was my number one job as an intern. They gave me TikTok and they were like, Q, you are 21 years old and take TikTok and run with it. And I was like, all right, give it to me. So I got you. Yeah. thank you for the head start. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it's funny to look back at like just content, like because when I first got in the industry, like I was very much like you, Swiss Army knife, could shoot video, write scripts, edit video, graphic design, photos, like anything and everything. So then looking back at like the graphics that I put out on like the Pittsburgh Steelers, this global brand, and I'm putting out these graphics that are just so terrible now and it's like yeah <laughs> it's like there yeah, are 14 14 year old kids who do graphic design better than i was oh my gosh it's crazy looking back now like on all the things that i did before and it's like why would they hire me like why <laughs> like, why was this allowed to be posted to millions of people and like that's part of the part of the growing in the industry is you you start somewhere and you gotta look back on those places you start and really you value it more because you see how far you've come and the bad things that you thought were bad were so sick back then. But looking back into it, you said how much you've grown and it's awesome to see that. For sure. Man. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy how, you know, my, like my claim to fame, I always say is like when I started, like granted X was called Twitter. I don't know that I'll ever be able to call it X, but, um, but like you couldn't even post video on Twitter back then. It was like, I think you could post gifts at like once we got a little bit into it, but it was like, mm -hmm to go from that all the way to like, you know, you can watch full, you know, sport live broadcasts <laughs> of like sports on, you know, on Twitter now. So it's, it's crazy. That it's like 
how far it's come in just a short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, again, I will never be able to call it X. I will always refer to it as Twitter, hoping that one day it changes back to Twitter. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, when we when I started, TikTok wasn't a thing. Going back to it, I it came in my second year, and now it's the largest growing platform in the world. So it's like you never know, and it, it's always changing, and that's social for you. We could be sitting here and two weeks of MySpace makes a comeback. Like who knows? Like, so it's always changing. And that's one of the beautiful parts about it. That's it, man. I, I always say it's a blessing and a curse. Like no two days are alike. You have no idea what's coming the next day. And there's, there's so much out of your control that, you know, that can just give you crippling anxiety from day <laughs> one or it's, yeah. or it's a new challenge that you're just willing to learn and, and grow and, and keep fighting through. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely been a cool ride. I 100% agree with that. Like going back again, we keep referring to TikTok because it's such a rare instance. We didn't have a such strategy, a social strategy for TikTok. And then one day it starts to blow up bigger and bigger. And then you have like the huge influencers jumping on. It's like, all right, we got to figure out a social strategy now for this entire brand new platform. So it's kind of awesome to see the growth of social. And again, it's a headache at the same time because now we have this whole fifth sixth platform that we have to worry about and staff or so it's it's definitely a lot can bring some headaches yes yeah. <laughs> well I, I guess while, while we're on the subject like new platform obviously tiktok's been around for you know a while even though it's been what yeah. five years but um yeah. so threads when when a new platform comes out of nowhere you know i like i had read a lot that you know, Meta was working on something to rival Twitter X, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, um, but didn't really know when or what or how it was going to work. And then all of a sudden it was like it dropped and then it's OK, we're in the middle of our season. Now what? And so like just, you know, no, no, you know, secret to the trade by any means, but just like when something like that happens, like it's like I said, it's, it's the crippling anxiety or it's all right, this new challenge, let's go like how you know where in that spectrum i think were you when that hit and then how did you know what's the what's the first step then what's the next step yeah so we had a kind of got a small heads up through the nfl that it was rolling out in the next couple of weeks the nfl wasn't sure what to expect either they just kind of gave us a heads up like hey this is coming like be ready um so luckily we were in the off season when it happened because that was around july um if i remember correctly and we were kind of told by the NFL, kind of hold off on it for the first couple of days, see like what this thread is about. You can make an account. Um, and so we had a meeting, uh, me and my coworker, Emma, uh, we kind of sat down and like, what are we planning on do the threads? Are we planning on being like a TikTok-esque where we can have like throw jokes? Is it going to be more of a like serious kind of thread? Like we have Twitter. Um, so we, figured out our strategy. We were going to have fun with it. Um, and then when the NFL all got on, everybody's posting memes and everything. Um, everyone thought for those first three days that Threads was going to be the Twitter. And I think after day four, it was like, all right, we're going back to Twitter. Like, <laughs> it was it was very short-lived, the hype. I don't think we will ever see a rise and fall of a social media a platform like that ever again um we still try to throw some stuff on there every now and then just in case people are still 
on threads religiously but it uh, threads hype was less than a week long and it was just like a we developed strategy for it and then it was like all right we don't need strategy anymore for it no one's on it so yeah um it's hard to go against a juggernaut like twitter um when twitter is still being twitter and will always be twitter and people tend to go back to what's comfortable so i think threads could have had some success but i think everyone was very comfortable with twitter and knew the twitter followers and how to navigate twitter and i think threads just tried to go against the the beast even though meta is the beast but when you launch a platform that's identical to twitter it's definitely yeah. gonna be tough to to beat that so no for sure well yeah and i mean like the 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 platform itself is like it's it's hard to figure out what you want to do when the platform is still figuring out what it wants to be so yeah. like could threads still thrive and still grow and still work of course like we saw like facebook had declining usership for how many years and now we're growing on facebook again so it's it's not out of the realm of possibility and i mean with meta backing it i'm sure that they have a plan and um you know we'll see that kind of take shape over the next year but um but yeah it's like it it's just it's very very hard to to decide what you want to do with this stuff um, whenever the platform itself doesn't know. And then it's also like, you know, whenever, um, whenever, if, if a, a platform would ever die, it's not going to be up to us as to where we take our content. It's going to be so yeah. much of like, if X Twitter were to end up being gone from the world tomorrow, it's not going to be up to the Pittsburgh pirates, the Arizona Cardinals, the Steelers that, you know, the Vikings, it will be up to the fans of those teams that flock to whatever platform they decide they want to follow it now. And, and then we adjust and we adjust. Yeah. But, oh man, it's crazy. All right. Well, let me, let me ask you a little bit about like, I want to make sure that we talk about kind of the advice that you would have for, those trying to get into the industry and those who are, you know, coming after us. And, um, you know, there's so many creative kids, like I was saying, you know, there's 14 year olds who have incredible skills and, and edit videos and do these things that I could never have dreamed of even when I was, you know, 25. So, you know, it, it just blanket kind of coverage of this is, is what, um, what would your advice be to kind of someone who's trying to break into the industry? I think the biggest thing that I tell everyone who I talk to um, is network, 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 get your foot in the door in as many places as possible. Um, a big thing I did uh, while I was still in school is I did informational interviews. Um, so I would reach out to people. I I was a junior in college and reached out to the GM of the Cleveland Browns and just asked for an informational interview. I talked to him for 20 minutes um, just about kind of his journey. Um, kind of like what we're doing right now, how we got to what is where he is, um, advice, everything. And it took 20 minutes from his out of his time to just talk about sports, the industry and everything. And then from there, uh, I had an interview with him the and the COO, I'm pretty sure is what it was. And four years later, I actually had an interview with the Browns and walked into the building and three of the people who I talked to, well, not the, the GM, he was moved on from then, but 
three of the people that I talked to while I was with my informational interview were still there and remember me by name. So it goes a long way, um, these networks. And you never know. I think the, there's a saying that you never know. That's the saying. I'm going to think of it now. You never know when your name's being talked about in closed doors. So I could be, I could meet with one person about a job or an informational interview and just talking to them about their journey. And then three months later, they have a position open and they reach out to somebody else and say, Hey, I know this person. I talked to him. He seems like he's a good guy. Got his head on straight. You think he'd be a good addition to your team. So you never know how far networking. That's the whole point of networking. You just, you network with one person, that person knows somebody else, you network with that person. So I think the biggest thing in sports and getting into this industry is getting in the door. Once you're in the door, you have the connections that you can make are limitless. They are abundant. So networking is the biggest thing. And then it's very different depending on what industry and what you want to do in sports. But like you and I said, we came Swiss Army Knives. So we had a background. We were great at a few things, but also good at a lot of things. So it was hard to say, no, we can't hire Q because he doesn't have the graphic background that we need as an intern. Or we can't hire Q because he doesn't know how to take photos if we need a backup, someone to take photos. So I had a lot of things that I could do very well. And I had a lot of things that I did very, very well, that it was hard for anyone to say no to me when it came time to a position being open. Um, but I think those are my two, I think that my two biggest things of advice would just be open network, talk to as many people as you can. Um, and then just able to do everything that someone asks you to be being vulnerable and also being okay with saying, hearing no rejection is going to happen. Um, applying to jobs, interviewing people, talking to people, the job, the, the industry is growing and growing every day. So being able to hear that rejection and not think of it as something personal and use it as kind of something positive and learning from that rejection. And so if this company said no, asking why, what can you build upon and working on that small thing to grow into the next time you apply for a job and knowing that you can build off of those rejections and the no's. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, I've, I, I've gotten what, four, four jobs, you know, started the Speedway, Steelers, Cardinals, Pirates. The amount of jobs that I applied to, to get those <laughs> four jobs is hundreds, if not thousands. And, you know, probably not hundreds of interviews, but I, more than enough interviews to then get told no multiple times. And, and like you yeah. said, it's, it's, it's either, you know, it's not about the failure. It's how you get back up, how you respond. So, um, so no, I, I couldn't agree more. And then, um, and then even, you know, just getting to the DMS, like my LinkedIn account is basically the only thing I use it for and is to connect with people and talk to them. And if they have questions, whether it's a, you know, someone who's been in the industry for 20 years or someone who's, you know, just coming out of high school, trying to figure out what they want to do, like reach out, like the, the world of content and social is so vast and crazy, but also so small at the same time where it's like, everyone seems to know someone at that next job that you want and it's worth talking to and knowing them. Yeah. It's a large industry, but once you're in and you know, people, it gets so much smaller because everyone's connected. I, I could probably tell you five people and I, those five people could get me to 200 people in the industry. So it's, it's crazy how the industry works. 
All right, quick intermission here. Uh, One of the things that I really wanted to do in this podcast was not only shine a spotlight on some of the most amazing people in this industry and people who I've worked with and learned so much from and their journeys and and their hiring tips and, um, you know, strategy tips, anything in between. Um, But the other side of this was I wanted to shine a light and bring the spotlight to young up and coming creators, social managers, Um, and those looking to get their foot in the industry. So um, came up with this idea in this segment called Elevator Pitch, where uh, I invite young up-and-coming creators, social managers um, to submit, you know, a a one to two-minute elevator pitch, just talking about who they are, what they're good at, um, showcasing some of their work and some of the things that they've been able to accomplish um, preparing for their journey. So, you know, this is something, again, that's really important to me and, and something that I hope will be valuable um, and get some of these really talented, uh, you know, young kids out there in the industry and, and allow people to get to know them a little bit better than just seeing a piece of paper um, like the resume and cover letter. So um, without further ado, here is our first elevator pitch. Hey everyone, my name is Logan and I'm a senior at the University of Wisconsin Stout. I'll be graduating in May 2024 with a BFA in Graphic Design and Interactive Media. First, I want to say thank you to Zachary for letting me introduce myself to the community. I'm excited to see where my journey goes and what opportunity lies ahead. But yeah, let's just get into it. I'm a graphic designer for the Pack Content Foundation and Content Studios. Right now I do a lot of video editing and static work. And I'm pretty fond of the things we completed together this past summer when they went to Ireland. I'm also a graphic design intern for Rutgers University Athletics, and I help a lot with their recruiting efforts. If you're interested in getting to know me some more or have an opportunity available in your organization, feel free to message me on LinkedIn or email me. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And one last thing, I'm excited to listen to this podcast. I know Zachary put a ton of dedication into it, and I know it's going to benefit the sports community as a whole. So thank you all for listening to me. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, see you next time. All right. So we just kind of talked about like advice and getting into the DMs and and really networking, um, you know, learning all that you can and and really being that Swiss Army knife and um, and knowing you know knowing and learning everything you can about what might be expected of you. But um, you know the the big thing that it comes back to is like when you were first getting into the into the industry with the knowledge that you have now, what do you wish you knew? back then that may have helped you kind of get to where you were going a little bit faster knowing that it's going to be a, a long road i think when we get into the industry you think you're going to be a director in three years you're going to be running the show um but being patient and everything and understanding that we don't know what's happening next especially in the eyes of social um so, I mean, things are changing every day. Like we said, we go back to threads, TikTok, uh, Facebook being a huge, bigger platform again. So um, just being patient and understanding that the industry is changing. The What we do on a daily basis is never the same. Uh, when people ask me, what's your day-to-day like? I, I don't know. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring me. We could trade for Patrick Mahomes tomorrow and I would have to do, oh, we can't trade. But you know the point. But we could sign Tom Brady off the street tomorrow and I would have to have a whole strategy planned for this. So being in this industry, you have to be patient. You have to understand that things are not always going to go the way you want. You could have, I had getting my last year with the Steelers, we were 11 and 0 
and I was getting ready to try on Super Bowl rings and I was talking so much trash to everyone who would listen. And we ended up losing five of the last seven and then losing in the first round of the playoffs. And then I was like, all right, can't get worse than that. I was at the highest of highs, lowest of lows. And then I messed around and come to Arizona and we were seven, seven and oh, only undefeated team left in the, in the league. Starting to fit for my Super Bowl rings again, same exact year. I did not learn my lesson. Uh, seven no that year, and then we ended up losing. Then we lost six of the last ten. Yeah, and then to the Rams in the wild card, and then lost to the Rams in the wild card. So it, you just you never know. I mean, you could be the top of the top, and you never know. So I think just being patient and understanding things are not always going to work your way. And then from that, we had to work on our social. We had to kind of change how we did social halfway through the year. Um, when you're top of the top and talking trash to every team that you play, and then you become the exact yeah. opposite end and you have to take it all. So how do we change our strategy halfway through the year when our team's just not playing as well? So being patient, understanding that things are going to take time and things are going to change, I think is one thing that I think would have helped me a lot because I got frustrated a couple of times throughout growing in this industry. It's like, I know what I'm capable of doing. I know what I can do. What this team can do. Just let me do it. But understand that you got to be patient and just take a lot in before you can dish a lot out. It's true. Yeah. I mean, and that's always been like, I always say like, make sure your content is here so that when the play on the field is anywhere close to that, you're the best team that's ever, you know, done social media. Cause it's like exactly what you're doing when you're 11 and zero is not much different than what you're doing when you're zero and 11, obviously a lot more and more fun stuff, but like, <laughs> but the, the general idea, the voice, like the tone, everything that you're doing is the same. It's just more people see what you're doing because you're doing well. So yeah, it's, it, it's, you know, that, and then going back to what you said, like, that's the, the funniest question I get in any interview I do is like, what's a typical day look like for you? And I'm like, how much time you got? Cause I, I, <laughs> I got 365 different typical days. Yeah. And it's always changing. And people are like, Oh, so the off season you're off. Like you guys have no, that's just, it's busier in the off season. Like I, like you would yes. think that the season is smooth sailing, but like going on this year, like we, we fired our head coach, we fired our GM, we, had the Super Bowl here in Arizona. We got new jerseys. We hired a new gym. We hired a new head coach. Um, had the number three pick in the draft. Like that was all in two months span of the season being over. So like, and then after that, we got the draft, and then players are coming in. So it's like we didn't have an off season. So like that was more hectic than week one through eight for me. Yeah. So every day is something different, and you never like you never know. Yeah. And and that's like, I, I always say the off season, because it's not really like in sports. And I mean, like any other job or any other other industry you're in, like, obviously, if you're a doctor, there's no in season and off season, like it's just it's work, right? So it's like, there is that complexity with sports. But at the same time, it's like, I just divided into it's like, it's game season, and it's planning season. And it's this it's probably for me it, and, and you as well. It's like, it's more work 
for the planning because you're looking back at what you did and how you could have done it better and analyzing all the decisions you made so that you can make better decisions moving forward and putting plans together. And how do we want this to look and what new content series do we want to launch and all these different things. And then if you worked really hard in the off season, you then have a little bit of an easier road during the season because everything is planned and now it's about executing. But it's like, but saying, hey, I developed 10, you know, video series in the off season, it was exhausting. Like, it's not like it gets easier when you have to make all 10 <laughs> of those content series. So it's like, it, it's just, it's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I get those questions. Like everybody in social will get that question. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that question, I probably <laughs> would be retired by now because yeah. my typical day-to-day and my off season, I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea what happens tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, let me know if you ever can land on uh, a typical day or an off season. I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, when I leave social media, that'll be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so last question about like the industry and and those coming next and kind of your advice. But this one is kind of like it it holds near and dear to my heart because I think one, I don't think I lived up to this in some of my past roles, and I'm trying to do more of it now. But like, how can we make this industry better? for those in it and those who come next. So like for me, you know, the, the work-life balance is something that really never really came into play. It was just, it was always working. There was always something going on. And, and for me, you know, at a younger age, when I wasn't married, I didn't have a little one, like work was kind of all I did. So that was, that was fine. But then it's like, now when, you know, you get to the levels where there are people underneath you, you shouldn't expect those people to do the same thing that you do or feel the same way you feel about everything. And that's, you know, that's something that I'm, I'm definitely still learning and trying to, to make better decisions about, but it's like, you know, and being a parent has been a big part of that too, is, is, you know, it's not about me. It's about, you know, my little one. So it's the same thing. Like, it's not about me. It's about the people who work for me. So how do I make sure that they're empowered and they're not burnt out and things like that? So, um, you know, it, just from your perspective, you know, how there are so many things I'm sure that we can, we can fix and we can make better, um, for all of us in the industry and, and everyone coming next. But, um, you know, where, where do we start? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just being open and vulnerable, just being open to change, open to listening, um, open to different ideas, just being okay with the change that's happening. Um, again, we don't know what's happening next. We don't know what's going to come next, but being open to hearing that and those ideas and then not just hearing it, but acting upon it. And I mean, some, some ideas are obviously ideas that you listen to and then forget about, but other ideas like work-life balance and understanding that we work seven days a week. And if it's a travel or five days a week, game day on Sunday, but if it's a travel, we're traveling on Saturday. So that's seven days that we're working. So we're putting in 60, 70, 80 hours a week sometimes, depending on what's going on that week. Um, so getting a day off, getting a work from home day is definitely huge. And then um, going back to the networking, being open, being open. Someone helped. My my biggest mindset is someone helped me get to where I am today by talking to me, giving me 10, 20 minutes of their time. I'm going to do the same thing for the next generation. So when people reach out to me, they ask for advice, they ask for the conversation, they ask me to go for their portfolio, they ask me their resume. Yes, it's always a yes, because someone along the way helped me. So I'm going to give back to the next generation. This industry has done, it gave me a life, it gave me 
I know what I want to do. I like I found my passion in what I do. So if I can help the next person find that same passion that they have, um, that I have right now is by giving them 15 minutes of my time and then maybe giving them a job down the line. So um, again, that goes back to being open, being open and vulnerable and helping the next generation to come us. At some point, someone's got to take my job. So why not be someone who I have coached, advised, mentored along the way? Because um, we're getting old, fortunately, and social is <laughs> getting younger. So along the way, someone's got to come in and kind of take over our job. So if I can give someone with the the best advice that I have, that they can be successful in taking my job, why not? Not right yeah. now, though, but like give yeah, them a couple years not, to get there. Now. But <laughs> give oh, them a couple yeah. years to get to my job. But Sure. If I can leave my job in the right hands, obviously I'm going to do it. Definitely. Yeah. And man, if, if you're getting old, I don't even want to know what that means for me at this point. Shush. I got the, uh, what is it? <laughs> the, the, the tweet from uh, Adidas, like, yeah, you're dusty. You're about to retire soon. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how I feel every day. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I mean, it's weird. I mean, the players get younger and I get older. It's crazy. I mean, we have rookies who we had a rookie this year who was 20 years old. It's like, you can't even, drink i'm 27 it's like at some point we're gonna have a disconnect in social and in their communication so it's it's definitely i, I am starting to realize i'm getting older i'm gonna milk it as much as i can because i yeah. still feel like i'm pretty young but um the industry is it, social it gets younger and younger i mean you see tiktok nowadays like you talked about these graphic designers are 14 years old making graphics for espn and nike and like they're coming <laughs> yeah. with, whether we're ready or not so if i can give that 14 year old the best advice on how to be successful when they get a job and working for a sports team why not like why why should i not help somebody who i had the exact same help along the way yeah no for sure no and, and i mean like it it's crazy like going back to you know, when I first got into the industry, it was a, a job in NASCAR and we were marketing and all of our content was toward, you know, a younger audience who didn't know a lot about NASCAR, who, you know, you, you know, you're trying to talk to and explain the sport to that was easy for me. Cause it was, that was me. Like I was the exact target audience that I was creating content for. So it was like, all right, well, I'm just going to make stuff that I like and it'll work now when it's, you know, I'm 37 going on 38 when you're talking about like, well, now I need to make TikTok videos to, you know, entertain 18 year old, 17 year old. It's like, that's where, again, like talking about being open and being okay with, you know, I'm fine not knowing everything. Like if I knew everything, what do I need a team for? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like trusting the people that you have with you and and working with you. And, you know, my team will have weekly meetings and they'll say like, you know, have, have you seen that trend on TikTok? I'm like, Nah, like I, I, I was like, I see, you know, people cutting grass and, and trading watches and, you know, building cabins in the woods. I'm like, it's, it's a different, it's a different TikTok for me than for, and, for them. Yeah. And that's why you build a team. That's why you're open to that change. And like, I know that there's some things that I just do not know anymore. And our intern right now, he's teaching me stuff. And it's like, we had, we had two interns this year and they've taught me so much. And it's like, that's the point. Like, building the team and knowing that you can't do everything and having people around you. And like, again, I go back to being the sponge, like never stop being that sponge, like continue to soak up information, soak up ways to do things and just continue to grow. 
No, I'm and honestly, how many times did I like you came to me with an idea and you're like, this is cool. I'm like, you sure? And you're like, yes, this is what yes. we need to do. Trust like, me. <laughs> let's go. Cause I was like, I yep. don't understand it. So it must be cool. Let's fire away. So yeah. again, just having that trust and, and being open and, and being fine with the things you don't know. Like no one is ever going to be perfect. No one is going to know everything and that's perfectly fine. That's okay. Yeah. hundred percent can say better. Oh man. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to end it with a couple quick hitters. Um, just some goofy things, some pop culture, some social stuff. Answer as quickly or as slowly as you want, and uh, and we'll shut her down from here. Sound good? All right, let's get it. Cool. All right, first one, and this may be my favorite. What is your least favorite industry buzzword? I used to hate. Uh... <laughs> Started being a tough one. <laughs> yeah. What's yours? I I always go back. Uh, uh, person I talked to the other day had a great one said viral because it's not like yeah it it's just it's not a word that makes any sense anymore it's not like no one is um no one is creating content to not go viral, viral. yeah you know what i mean so it's like it, it's just a it's kind of a a nonsensical word at this point where it's like if you're not creating content for the world to see you're not doing it right so yeah you know, and it, I like so that, that one. that was a that was a good one i thought i like that one because like I could post a rock right now and it would go viral, like with no, no content, no strategy, just a rock. And so, yeah, I like that one, yeah, cool. especially when like business developments, like we need something that's going to go viral. It's like, I can't force that. I can't, <laughs> I can't do to buy a million views. Like I can't right. do that. So yeah, I like viral. All right. Let's go with that one. We'll go with viral. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. Uh, Parks and Rec or The Office? Parks and Rec, one hundred percent. No, not even close. My God, not even close. That. Not even close. <laughs> uh, let's go with Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese. Ooh, Nacho Cheese, classic. Can't oh, stray from it. Two for two, you're killing it. Um, let's go with TikTok Reels or Shorts. <sighs> TikTok. I'm a yeah. TikTok guy. I, I I don't think I'm old enough yet to go to Reels. And see, my thing with reels is you see it like two weeks after it's viral on TikTok. So it's like talking about a video. It's like, oh, yeah, you saw it. that's like I was viral on TikTok two weeks ago. So I'm going to stick to TikTok for now. I like it. Uh, this one may be, we'll see, uh, Google Plus or IGTV. Jeez. <laughs> I didn't, so do you, I didn't do have you to remember Google either Plus, of those? So IGTV, I, IGTV I was with. So IGTV, I, I guess I was the only one, but I did not have Google Plus. I still have your Google Plus pillow in the office, though. There we go. That you left, <laughs> you left with me. I don't know. I mean, that must have been a special gift from Google because I, I don't know what else they were well, doing. Well, you had the, all the like the little social media ones. It's like the Twitter one, the Pinterest yeah. one. Pinterest, of course. It's like yeah, Pinterest and Google Plus is like, I don't remember any of these, but we have them in the office still. We got them. That's it. All right. Last one. Rate the finale of Game of Thrones from one to ten. Uh zero. I've never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> you're you're the second person in a row that's like, uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I heard it was bad though. I heard it was bad. It, it it's so oh, social. Like, social told yeah, me it was bad. It was that's rushed. It. It, it's like it's so like back and forth and decisive it's like or divisive it's like for me it was fine like i've seen worse finales so it, it didn't bother me as much but it's like 
you look at like diehard Game of Thrones fan, it's either like the greatest thing they've ever seen or the worst thing and ruin the whole show. So yeah. I, I've always uh, from social, to all I heard was that it was rushed. It didn't seem like it was good, and that they didn't really put anything into it. But I have never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. It's just not my forte, and I'm a cup of yeah. tea, so. For sure. Now, honestly, man, I, I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing. I know, you know, what's next, what's current, everything in between you're going to be crushing and, uh, you know, always look to you for advice and inspiration. So I, I really appreciate you being here and uh, sharing what you have to give to the next generation. And, and hopefully this provides some value like we talked about. Listen, I would do this podcast 10 times in a row if you asked me to. I'm entirely grateful for everything that you've done in my, in my journey. Um, so this is just a, a small piece of giving back to what you've done for me. So, um, this podcast is great. I'm excited to see where it takes off to, um, the heights that it can take because having something like this, when I was going, growing up would have definitely helped, um, just kind of hearing from people, knowing who I could reach out to, um, and just hearing without having to have the courage to ask people those questions. You can just sit down and listen to this podcast and really get a good, good taste of everything that you want to know so uh, it's a good jumping off point i love it i love what you're doing i love to see it and thank you for having me appreciate it man well like you guys heard so this is uh i guess part one of 10 with uh with Keir. so uh, <laughs> we'll bring him back bring him back we, could, we could talk for hours you know that so for sure man cool well uh thank you all for being here q especially um hope you guys got a lot out of it um, again, I'm Zach Gallia. This is a very good social media podcast where we try and live up to that name every single day. Uh, God bless. And we'll see you next episode. Peace out.